Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Jonah Senzel for Inscription, a card-based game with roguelike elements, escape room elements, and psychological horror. It's pretty trippy. And Jonah's music is trippy too. He writes in several different styles. Some of the tracks are heavily built around like recorded sound effects. But then there's some great like Nintendo Wii-influenced bossa nova. There's this beautiful slow 8-bit, I mean, it's not really a ballad, but just this beautiful slow 8-bit kind of melodic situation that happens that I absolutely love. Uh, Anyway, I encourage you to visit Jonah's website, if only to learn more about his extra musical projects, as he's also into like building and designing software and hardware and toys as well. Uh, Really interesting fella. And it was fun to talk to him. Join us on Discord to talk about this and other episodes. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You'll find uh, my conversation with Jonah there. And if you're able to support us on Patreon, that'd be fantastic. You can hit us up at patreon.com slash level. All right, here's Jonah. If you want to just start off with just introduce yourself and then tell us what inscription is, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of your music. Oh, well, one of those is kind of easier than the other one, I guess. I, I don't know. No, they're both kind of hard. I'm Jonah Senzel. Um, I do game audio and and music, um, mostly for Daniel Mullins, who has made three games, Pony Island, The Hex, and most recently, Inscription. Um, I do a bunch of other stuff too and have many lives and different things, but I would say that's, I guess in, in this forum, that's what I'm, that's my role as a person. And, uh, inscription is a roguelike deck builder horror game that has many twists, turns, meta elements, games within games, and, uh, lots of different sounds that I designed and lots of different music uh, that I wrote. So yeah, it's been quite successful, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it has. And, you know, there's a lot of music in the game. Uh, talk a little bit about how it operates. The music or the game? Yeah. Yeah. How's the, how's the music act in the game? Well, there's some themes that are very themey and -hmm. very like melodic and stuff that, that happen, I guess, mostly in the in-between sections. Um, and then when you're actually playing the card game, uh, there's a lot of sort of more slow background ambient music, mm-hmm. um, whether some of it is electronic, some of it is like ambient sort of droney stuff with some guitar and flute and real instruments over it. And that's more kind of like backwaters, folksy, horror, creepy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's sort of the music generally kind of plays in between trying to let you concentrate during the strategy parts. And then if there's a specific battle, like a boss fight, there'll be like a very, there'll be a theme theme. And most of those are also are layered to some extent. So there'll be sort of like a and B sections for when different things are happening during the game. um, That like sort of clue you in on like, Oh, and now it's the enemy boss's turn and they're big and scary and their big scary theme comes up. And Mm -hmm. yeah. In the yeah. later section of the game, there's also more, I guess, what you would call traditional kind of melodic video gamey um, start to finish uh, tracks, too. Yeah. There were a couple of things that stood out to me kind of overall as I was listening that I really, really liked. And uh, I did love how many tracks there are that use like found sound or Foley or maybe even kind of in a musique concrete kind of way, if we think about it really traditionally speaking. But like just all these external non-musical quote-unquote instruments or well not non-musical instruments but non-musical sounds right so you know like there there's a track called the angler and there are all kinds of water e sounds or like ship 
kind of traditional sounds that make you think of that. And then, you know, the prospector, you hear mining sounds and, uh, you know, like there's some disturbing sounds in the trapper that I want to know more about. But so that's <laughs> one of the things I, I really liked. Um, and then I also liked how, uh, you know, and certainly this isn't the case with every single track, nor is the sound effects thing, but um, it, a lot of improvisatory feel, like a lot of kind of just like give or take with like, where you're going to be putting a melody or how that melody is interacting within the bounds of like a meter or time. Like, I don't know. I just, I liked those two aspects of, of the soundtrack overall. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, I think the, I guess the, the improvisatory stuff, like for example, in the, the, the first main long drony track was all sort of non, uh, strict time me sitting down and improving with mm -hmm. like a main melody and then doing some variations but just having a guitar doing a couple of different takes and then cutting those up and then doing some different stuff with this weird bamboo flute sound uh, and there's some of that also in, in different sections of the game of like me sitting down trying some stuff out and then cutting it back up and like having it be really loose with the with the time stuff mm -hmm. i do like to play a lot of stuff live and then maybe cut it up and change it later, but having it be like, rather than, than writing it in on the grid, there's, there's some, a lot of stuff that I will write in on the grid, but not sure. like if it's a melody or if it's chords, usually I'm, I start out playing it live. Um, whether that's like recorded audio or, or yeah. you know, MIDI instrument or something like that. And the, the sound stuff, that was a lot of direction from from Dan because he he was basically like, I want to do something that's going to be mood setting, but it shouldn't be too distracting or like distracting isn't exactly the world it, where it's kind of like there's a sort of a way to um, to score media. That's kind of the like John Williams-y our approach, I guess it's kind of funny to, to, to give John Williams credit for that, but cause it's like really old, but like <laughs> it's, it's opera, let's say, but you know, um, and, and that kind of wasn't what the game called for. I think it would have been a little cheesy and it would have been a little bit like too loopy cause it's a roguelike as well. So you're going to be hearing the same stuff a lot, yeah. a little too distracting when you're trying to like focus on the card stuff. What, what you really want is to evoke like, dread or you know this like ambiance or this creepiness mm -hmm. and so he suggested that we have multi-layers layered things where it's like okay we're gonna have one kind of sparse theme thing on top that's going to come in sometimes but the basic the base layers are going to be these like rhythmic sound effect things and that was just that was super fun uh yeah. to do i mean he he came out with i think a very he was just like oh you should put a pickaxe sound in somewhere that it was like okay it's gonna be all pickaxe sounds <laughs> and then it's gonna be something else and then it's gonna be the yeah that was super fun and i just i really like um playing around with recorded audio and and making it into uh into kind of musical elements is that how you kind of started were you experimenting that way all through your development as a composer um i would say like some of my personal music has more of that um like I've written some sort of like experimental folk ish stuff that has mm. some sample elements. I've, I, I have always written um, hip hop beats and stuff like that. And like weird ones and sampling is a big part of that. So there's mm. a lot of like taking audio, chopping it to sort of fit somewhere that it shouldn't 
or that it doesn't. And then working back around it and that being really cool and fun and, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like splicing different audio things together. I guess also I was probably doing some stuff like that in, in music school and um, doing some weird, like, Oh, we're going to do a sound, a project that's all like this sampled sound and you're going to resample it and do all this weird stuff. And so, I mean, but yeah, I, th- I think for me, it was very natural to, to use um, Foley elements as, as music, musical elements. That's, that is something that I think I've always been drawn towards. Well, since we're on the topic, do tell me about the trapper because I mean, I, I just tell me about it. I don't want to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's funny. Like all the Foley stuff, I was doing those tracks with a pretty quick turnaround. So I was mostly pulling from. Actually, this is a resource that I'm going to shout out. Uh, uh, Splice, which is a which is a sample um, service. You can like nice. you subscribe to them. You can get samples from them. Uh, royalty free or whatever it is pre whatever you can use them legally mm-hmm. and um, yeah they're not very used in the game audio world I don't mm-hmm. think they're really more of like for music but they have a great library of all different kinds of stuff so most of the Foley things there started out as splice samples okay, um, and then they get kind of transformed to some extent um, so the really gross stuff in the uh, in the trapper, I think, is probably somebody unrolling a tape. If I had to guess. Oh, okay. But but your intent, <laughs> your intent is like skin ripping. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because, you know, like yeah, you're supposed to be like skinning something at some sort of yeah. You're like putting you're something a trapper. Off your yeah. Block. yeah. 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 so much context it's just like the classic things of seeing you know people with like a watermelon or a grapefruit and you can make all these gross sounds as long as it's as long as it's paired with the right suggestion right as long as the brain is being told like hey get ready for something gross and then it's like this is the sound of an orange being squished but it feels like you know it's the sound of a brain or something um but yeah i think with those the fun and interesting part was also uh trying to find the where they sit in like those those sounds for example are not in rhythm there's like sawing and there's those those ripping uh yeah. sounds that aren't in rhythm but the rhythm ones i think in the trapper are like knives okay uh, which the knives i actually recorded by myself okay uh, there's a lot of yeah like i uh, for something like doing inscription as a solo uh sound designer and composer it was kind of like i had to i had to kind of be real about what um, what sounds I was going to record myself and which ones I was going to source. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the source sounds also, I was lucky to have a project that was flexible that this one, when I source a sound, I get to do something weird with it. So I can feel like I'm still putting a spin on it. Like, uh, like the bell, for example, in, uh, angler is like started out as a normal bell sound. And then I did some weird stuff with this sort of like decayed, like pitch thing. Anyway, that all being said, the the sounds that I really wanted to do um, by myself and and have a kind of library that I recorded myself to pull from were a lot of those cabin sounds of like knives, wooden objects, um, different kind of like old rusty tool sounds or like or yeah like clicking and metal stuff. So so the the knives in the trapper and the little shing is like actually a kitchen knife, which I was. I basically took out a, a mic and took out a kitchen knife and I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to get the Hollywood 
sound. I figured that was kind of some fake thing that they did some other way. And then, but you can just like kind of gra- like 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 graze a knife against a thing, and it goes like, Pring! it does the like crazy. I was like, what? That's that's real? Like you can just do that? And so I recorded a bunch of those, and those went into the trapper, which was fun. How did you become, I mean, I know that you've uh, done other games uh, before, but how did you two meet? Well, we met on Reddit, actually, Okay. uh, when I was a teenager. And uh, just like I was, I was just doing anything and everything. I was like offering free music and that attracted all sorts of bad jobs and some slightly interesting jobs, most of which never came out and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I was just kind of like hungry to do some sort of work. And we had worked together on a game called Second Expedition, which never came out, which was a small game. I think Dan was in college and he was working with another developer at that point. And I had written him a couple of tracks. And then he was like, well, I really like these tracks, but we're not doing that game anymore. And I'm doing this other game called Pony Island. And would you do the music for that? And he ended up using some of those tracks in that too. I don't know. I think that's been revealed somewhere, but yeah, there's like two tracks in Pony Island that totally were not written for Pony Island. They were written for this <laughs> other weird mining uh, crafting game. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And then once we worked together on Pony Island, we've just kind of worked, worked together since okay. and continue to work together. Yeah. And uh, it's just been a great working relationship. Yeah. Sure. And he, I've done some other work on some other stuff, but I would say at this point I'm, I mostly work for him when it comes to the game audio world. Like I did do some work this year on another, am I allowed to say, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, so I'll say a, then don't. Yeah. We <laughs> announced triple a game. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. Fun. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Pretty sure, I'm, pretty sure I'm publicly, associated with it but they have like the craziest nda of all time so i'm like better better to not (laughs) get sued just save it man it's always safer (laughs) yeah for sure for sure um so tell me about the palette for inscription because you know you did mention that there are some live instruments there's um guitar in there which sounds like nylon string guitar to me but it might not be it might just be the way you recorded it or something um and then uh, flute and some other things but then you know it does get kind of chip tuney at times there's and there's all kinds of technology there's reasons for you to write music that's very synthy so so i'm just curious about the the spectrum of uh the palette there yeah um it's actually steel string guitar only oh it is okay uh, but <laughs> but there's I do a lot of kind of tricks in different places where you'll on on the trapper for example everything there is guitar but it's oh, pitched wow. up in different pitch algorithms okay. so it sounds kind of like a mandolin or yeah. like a banjo maybe though there's there's some different sounds of string instruments and I I kind of in general if I was going to reach for something in the kind of audio toolbox in inscription I was going to reach for something that was going to be a bit weird and maybe even a bit glitchy or uncanny valley-esque. So that's why like I, I liked the sort of artifacts of those those higher pitched up guitars sound a little bit weird or a little bit uncanny. Yeah. And and I, I think really the identity stuff of the different um like like what defines each section is more about the effects actually. Like I I the part one is very much like acoustic instruments being processed with like kind of big reverb and weird warble effects and pitch effects and strange stereo field stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess part, part two is defined by just it's chip tune. Um, yeah. It's, it's like eight bit. Um, I mean, they call it fake bit. I should call it fake. I have a friend who's like a super old school hardware um, yeah. chip tune artist. So that, that it, and he's actually not that militant about it, but other people like fake bit meeting. Um, it's not really on eight bit hardware. Mm-hmm. I don't even, it's not even on eight bit. Uh, I actually went back to, um, I had, a, there was a very funny moment in, um, 
there's this guy that does uh uh inscription IRL, which is like a Twitch channel where he has a whole like setup that's like the inscription thing and he does like live streaming where he does like all the cards and the little like props oh, wow. and stuff and they do like a charity live stream stuff and he um he was going to propose to his partner which he did and they're getting married pretty, nice. yeah, pretty sure. I, I would definitely would have heard about it if, if that went awry they're getting married <laughs> um and um he had me do a remix of the uh scribe of magic's theme mm. as the he was like, oh, can you do a remix for it? I was like, yeah. And I did the wedding march theme, which is like, da, da, ba, da, ba, da. you know, it's, it's from, uh, yeah. it's Mendelssohn uh, and it's like the wedding song. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so that, that all very long winded to say, I went, I, I was thinking in my brain, like, yeah, I did something really, I, I remember that track was like legit eight bit. Wasn't it? Like I, I used, I have this like sample library that's like resampled tones from this software called LSDJ, which is like, a Game Boy cartridge that you put in the Game Boy and you can sequence music on it and it's like superficial and I have these like cool samples and I, I think I used that for that and I wonder if it's like, and then I open up the project and it's like I had used the absolute cheesiest like most unofficial way of doing chiptune <laughs> which is like using a normal synth and like like a stock Ableton synth and then just putting a bit crusher at the end of it like the stock Ableton bit crusher Amazing. so that it like sounds quote unquote like it's 8-bit even though yeah it's yeah. like really uh, just like completely faking it and I was like oh well I guess no one else probably noticed either if I thought that it was legit then I'm probably fine but that was just a funny moment that's fantastic um I want to ask about some specific tracks now. I know we've talked about a couple of specific tracks, but, um, and these, again, it runs the gamut. I love how the music varies in the soundtrack. It's, it keeps it really like engaging, um, long forgotten moments, probably not the track I would have thought I would call out first, but it, it's very peaceful and pretty. And I'd, I'd love to hear you tell me about, about that track. Yeah, I think inscription, I, I get excited when I have to write nice music for Dan, cause it's kind of rare. And I actually like, I've become like this, the triple A job that I was talking about that I was got hired for. I literally like this guy, you know, uh, uh, called me up or emailed me or whatever, who I know and was saying, Oh, like, we'd really like you on this project is you're super weird and like creepy. And, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I've become the weird, creepy horror, strange <laughs> guy, which is kind of like not, <laughs> the type of music that I ever write outside of <laughs> my job or anything. I mean, I really like it. It's super fun, but it's just so such a funny kind of clash with, with what I am, would write. Just if you just said, write me something. Yeah. Um, but so long forgotten. Is it long forgotten moments? Is that the name of it? That's what I wrote down. Well, that doesn't memory. necessarily. <laughs> no, no, this is not me saying that Let you have a I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm like, looking at can... long forgotten monuments. Oh, monuments. That's what it oh, says yeah, on right, Spotify. The, the four monuments. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's those four. Yeah, my ones. bad. I typed it down wrong. Yeah. We, no, well, we were both wrong. So that's, yeah. and one, one of us wrote it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was like just any time that I get to be like, oh, it should be a nice chord. Like, this is exciting. And yeah. I get to do stuff that's a little bit more like harmony focused. Yeah, that one was just like a super one sound sit down at a keyboard mm -hmm. and like kind of play with some pretty chords and then like maybe do another layer on top and, and then it's out I mean, that kind of stuff usually just like comes out the first time mm. that I, I try a little bit of stuff comes out it's done wow yeah a lot of people have I mean I this is anecdotal but it seems like people have difficulty with happy sometimes you know it's easier to write scary or dark than it is to write happy you know yes definitely <laughs> evil has a much more readable like it's easier to um accidentally do happy as as cheesy or saccharine or like hackney yeah. It, yeah. It's sort of hard to make stuff that is more genuinely like, oh, this is no, like this isn't, we're not making fun of it. It's not, it's like, this is genu genuinely supposed to be a moment of pause. That's, that's pleasant and kind of introspective. And it's like, oh, uh oh, like <laughs> I, I, you're, you're telling me I can't just mash the keyboard and make a really ugly sound and put distortion on it. And then like put that through a reverb and then play a tritone on top of it and be like, no, 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 no. And it's like, that's.
But I, I will say on that note, which is interesting, sometimes what can be difficult is uh, getting something to sound uh, correctly ugly. Like if you have like a really uh, intense, overpowering bass sound, for example, mm-hmm. that's supposed to sort of take over a track, that can be a very difficult line to ride because what can end up happening is it just sounds like noise or it takes over the whole mix and it doesn't read. Like in order for something to read as overpoweringly loud, it has to be correctly balanced with the other elements so that it's just like overtaking everything else if you actually make it incredibly loud it just it will read as like it it won't it won't sit right it won't feel like as big or as like colossal because it has to be kind of juxtaposed with something at a smaller volume scale or a smaller like feel but that, that can be really tough about writing like when someone's like i want the craziest most insane distorted sound you've ever made you have to like find a way to make it you know, you have to put it next to something that's not like that so that it shines in, in sure. context. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the Scribe of the Dead uh, has a has this um, kind of r- repeated kind of melodic phrase that you will kind of compress or not digitally, but like in terms of, you know. Like musical time. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go or, listen to it so I can remember which track. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah, okay. Continue. Yeah. I love the rhythm here and how it kind of you kind of do mess with the um, meter. It, and I don't want to use that word, because, but you know what I mean, right? I yeah. mean, anyway, talk to me about this track. I really, really like it. And when you said that you'd worked with, you know, samples and and hip-hop making beats and stuff i'm like oh well of course you know yeah i try to sneak it in like that's like me (laughs) having fun like i'll write you know the like that like eerie 8-bit chord progression and i'm like yeah this needs like a trap beat under it i'm just gonna see (laughs) if if i can slip that under the radar like it doesn't really like make necessarily sense that it's like a groovy like kind of like yeah like like a rap beat but Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. It's describe the dead. It's kind of creepy. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like, I like to play with how melodies start and end and like get interrupted and and kind of offset. And uh, that's something that's really nice about DAWs, like like having like music mm-hmm. software. Yeah, that you can make uh, really bold decisions really easily. Um, I don't know, maybe it'd be better if we were limited or something, or but I think that's kind of like a too much of a sort of musically conservative take where it's like, oh, yes, no, it'd be better if you had to. Do, but I, I like the idea that you can take something and just kind of like shift it around and cut it and like loop it back and then very easily make this thing that is would be really difficult to kind of, you know, math out in your head and time it and mm-hmm. um, and do like playing live. But if you have the software you can just kind of shuffle it up yourself example of this is the um scribe of magics which is kind of like a fan favorite which I, I've, I've talked about this before but it's really weird to me that that ended up being one that people really like because that's where that one i specifically the, the the melody is a very awkward length and it doesn't respect the time signature of the rest of the track yeah. so it just it just loops back over itself whenever it finishes yeah. and that ends up with this weird phasing towards the the normal rhythm like like rhythmic phasing so like where beat one is is supposed to happen it's like the melody is somewhere else because it's looping on its own time uh and that would that's really like to perform that is is quite difficult and um but to do it in the DAW, you just make it the wrong length and then you just kind of loop it there um and i've i felt like I was like, okay, this is like pushing it a little bit. Cause like, I really like this, but you know, this is a bit of odd taste. Like I think some people would be um, 
find it unsatisfying, but people seem to really like that track. And I feel bad for anyone. I think one person has done a cover of it and I'm like, Oh, uh, like <laughs> that's, that's tough. Like remembering <laughs> where it comes in and keeping track of all the stuff in your head and like, yeah. trying to do that. So I, that, I respect that. And, and I'm sorry to say I never had to do that while writing it. So yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Botopia, um, because this is really long. The first track is as well, just really sets you in this place, right? And you get to spend time in this mood. Um, Botopia, it, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. It's, again, it's just really improvisatory. You know, it's just kind of this just conversation that you're having. So tell me about that. Yeah, Botopia you used to be like a third of the length. And uh, this <laughs> is where like, games and game soundtracks start to become interesting because um, this was one of the, like after the beta of inscription went out and we got some feedback, like one of the only there, you know, there's, there's obviously all the normal feedback, which is like, this sound is too loud. This sound should be changed. You need a sound here. Da, 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 all fine. And yeah. mostly people just like the music straight up. And the biggest resounding uh, complaint was that like, but the the track that wasn't called Botopia yet, but the you know the part three ambient music loops too often. Uh, okay. That was like the the resounding like the part three ambient music loops too often. It's driving people crazy. People are emailing me. Da, 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 da. It's like you know people are like I can't take it. It's looping too often. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, you, well, you want to see what loops often, buddy? You know, here's here's a fifteen minute track or however long it is. And then then it comes you know now it's an ost and you're like well it'd be kind of weird if i just cut out a huge part of this because it's all in the game and that's the file in the game and like knowing <laughs> but basically if you do that what's going to happen is somebody else is just going to upload to youtube the real secret of in course right from the files the real version of botopia that they don't want you to see um that's like that happened with a bunch of like there was a bunch of tiny tracks that i didn't put on the ost because i'm like i don't think people want to hear this and then like people scraped it and put it on youtube and everyone's <laughs> like oh like why did they include this and i'm like all right fine so now those are in in the spotify release and we'll be on the other thing on Amazing. the band camp or whatever soon or that i don't know if they're in there. anyway uh <laughs> but why is botopia so long and and there's a there's a whole i've definitely i've definitely uh put this out in public before but i like the story of it because it's fun which is the there's a sort of central motif in botopia there's like a beginning part third a middle third and an end third and the beginning third and end third are both like super ambient yeah and that was like i think i did a lot of stretching stuff out where i i play something and then stretch it out and um all through section three the kind of to wrap around to something i, I didn't finish saying earlier the sort of identifying effects in there are um uh, what what should we call it? I think it's like shimmer reverb, which is this type okay. of reverb. It sounds super airy and ethereal. It's like shimmer reverb, but then put through this plugin that is meant for for vocal processing. It's called uh, Alter Boy, okay. and what it tries to do is it tries to pick out what pitch is being played, uh, and and lock lock the pitch to that. It's like auto tune, but it's much more. You wouldn't use it to uh, try to like sound natural. It's a it's an effect. It sounds oh, okay. kind of yeah. like this weird quantized robot voice thing. Yeah. Um, so if you run something through that, that is definitely not mon. It's it's meant to take monophonic signals. So meaning like there's only ever one note playing at a time. You couldn't put a mm -hmm. chord into it and have it lock multiple notes. So okay. when you put in like a really noisy, busy signal that has no uh, discrete like pitch, it freaks out. And uh, you can hear it freaking out when you, when you hear those kind of weird like it's like it's stepped like something is like doing that's it trying to find yeah where the hell the pitch is which there isn't one so it's sort of like it's sort of like glitching it out Amazing. so that whole section oh, the, the beginning and end sections use a lot of that.
And in the middle section, I decided to write like a a Bach style invention, uh, which I'm not good enough at the piano to actually write one of those. <laughs> um, but I did play it like I played it out and recorded it uh, as best as I could and like wrote kind of a fake version of it, which, uh, yeah, to to anyone to any of the music uh, uh, professors out there that are going to use, you know, the, this idea to justify learning uh, box voice leading rules, which I had to <laughs> learn. Uh, no, I, I didn't do that. Even though I had learned them, I just winged it and, and went and it like sounded fine. And then anyway, so that was a very short little like loop thing. Yeah. And then that got exploded into like, I don't remember, like eight times or 16 or 32 times its length. And then I put it into this weird, uh, yeah, like a reversed sort of string sound. I don't remember exactly what wow. that sound was, but yeah, and processed. So that whole, that weird middle section with those kind of eerie, like swelling chords yeah. is the flip and reverse and then expansion of something that was like, I think it's like, uh, like ten seconds long. So I should like find that and 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 publish it or something or give yeah. it to you. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually like like had people listen to the original like invention of that, which is really like it sounds not. It, I think it would be a fun thing to hear, like this little ten second thing that then turns into something massive. You just mentioned that you know you're not a very you're not a good enough piano player or something like that. I can't. I don't want to put words into your mouth. But um, uh, oh, wh- what's your instrument then? <laughs> uh, I guess guitar is my instrument. I also okay. like. I love playing piano, and to me, especially like with synth stuff and with all, the, there's a huge amount of me playing piano in the soundtrack or like playing key keyboard keys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like Bach inventions are hard because you have to use two hands. <laughs> Like they have to be doing their own things, yeah. and it's like not like I I I was, took <laughs> jazz piano lessons. Okay, um, but the my jazz piano teacher was also into classical and would like force me to do some stuff sometimes, but like in a good way. Like we had a very good relationship. Yeah, but he would also be like, "Yeah, you're gonna hey try this on for size, buddy. You're gonna do Bach Invention One," and then it's like six <laughs> weeks later, I'm like, "This is really hard." Um, but yeah, I would say guitars, like string okay. instruments in general, are much more. That's where I feel like really home. Okay. And, um, yeah, I started mostly playing on a tenor ukulele, actually, like playing instrumentals and oh. stuff like that. It's kind of how I got into music. And then at the same time, like starting doing production as okay. well. Okay. Uh, but then you said you went to music school. Um. Yeah. How do I, how much do I reveal about <laughs> timeline of my life? Let's Whatever say, you, want. Uh, you know, I may have even been going to music school while doing some of the things I was talking about. Okay. Um, I guess, well, was I? No, 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 that's wrong. I, I, I graduated college um, and then started doing inscription directly after. So during mm-hmm. college, I had worked on the hex. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe this might be a world exclusive. I don't know if I've ever, <laughs> if I've ever laid out my, my timeline like that. Okay. Um, but yeah. So um, then it was like graduating. And actually I moved to Greece like uh, two months after starting the inscription stuff, maybe three months. Um, And that was, uh, yeah, that was interesting. I had, I went with like one guitar and one suitcase and one backpack. (laughs) So there was a lot of limits on like the type of gear I had and like, you know, the, the resources I had. And what was the connection there? What made you decide to move to Greece? Um, actually, I had this is part of my one of my other lives. I was doing a project there uh, okay. called Trust in Play, which is a a urban game design project. Oh, cool. um, so I designed like a a, a large uh, installation for an urban play thing. Huh, interesting. Uh, it was really fun, but mostly I wanted to. 
I had I had finished college early. I finished college a year early, um, okay. which is not that much of a flex because <laughs> it was music school. So I I just like I I kind of it was more like I had done two years of college and then I was like oh I think I can just take like two extra classes and finish a year early. Okay, and they were like fine I guess. Yeah, <laughs> kind of annoying, I think. <laughs> um, but then, so I wanted, I had wanted to do a study abroad and I never did. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something else. And somebody had sent me the project and that also gave me a visa. So like, oh, I ended good. up kind of milking that. Sure. Greek government, if you're listening, it was totally, uh, <laughs> totally above board. Yeah. Uh, you do, you know, if, if some, I, I would hope, people will visit your website to learn a little bit more, but um, because you do, like you insinuated in the very beginning, you kind of do have a lot of other interests and you, know, you like make things with electronics. And I mean, I don't know what, what are some <laughs> of the other things that you do? Well, my secret project that I've been working on is a recently, uh, which I don't think I've published stuff about is a, a Eurorack uh, synth module. Oh which wow! Is pretty exciting. That's been like a thing that I've been doing, um, which okay. is it's it's got a clock built into it, and it like it's a rhythm generator. It gives you a new rhythm every day, <laughs> and then it modulates rhythms with the moon cycle. And then there's a long term mm-hmm. modulation where like over the course of many months, it also like changes the ways that it generates rhythm. So it's going to be like a super long term, super evolving kind of little like creature in module form that that you play with and like gives you you know little rhythmic prompts so that's been really fun and really hard uh other projects yeah i mean there's there's a bunch of stuff on my website which is which is works.rip um i like to i think i just am the type of person that likes to dip my toe in a lot of different stuff but like dip it pretty far like i like to (laughs) do like big projects of, of totally different types. And I think they really satisfy different, um, different aspects of my personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess the other thing that I'm working on right now is some uh, writing about wandering in the city. I'm a big wandering person okay. and doing sort of different uh, text-based games that have to do with, with ways of, getting lost and wandering and, and going on sort of long, aimless, fulfilling journeys in urban space. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to some of this music. Um, I mean, Uberbot Activated was one of my favorites <laughs> as well. So tell me about that track. Yeah, this is a, that's a good example of the like bass, you know, kind of crunchy yeah. stuff that's that can be hard to get right because... You can't just throw um, you can't just throw the kitchen sink at it and have it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that to me always works really well in those kind of situations is starting out doing that like crazy stuff and then resampling it. So like then recording whatever mm-hmm. you have and pitching it back down. Oh, interesting. Like, okay. So like yeah, once once it's become recorded audio and then gets re-pitched, something there's some sort of little magic sauce in there. So <laughs> I kind of approached. Uber, I, I was into dubstep when I was like a kid and I was always like in middle school. I was just trying to make dubstep all the time and <laughs> failing like never, nothing ever sounded like dubstep. But I, <laughs> I got into the sort of dubstep and also um, Complextro, which is like Medeon or maybe like Porter Robinson. I don't know if Porter Robinson counts as Complextro, but like there, there was a lot of that influence when I was younger of uh, chopping up um, different samples like really quickly or this sort of like hocketing thing which is hocketing is like a old old term for when you have like a melody but each like it's it's um each note is taken by a different instrument or a different section of the orchestra um and that happens a lot in electronic music of like the 2010s um so i think there was definitely i felt sort of like i had been doing some stuff like that when i was younger and i i like tapped into that and i knew that it should sound kind of uh kind of dubstep esque but but actually cool and not corny
And I was, I'm always really happy with the groove at the end of that track where it turns into like a kind of four on the floor dance feel. Yeah. Those weird, like breathing hi hats. Like I, I, I think I, I often just like stick something in at the end of a track that's really not necessary just because <laughs> I'm sort of riffing on it. And I'm like, well, I made this like weird, like B section that's, you know, a quarter of the length of the rest of the track and is kind of put onto the end of it. But yeah. I always, always like doing that. And uh, one of my other favorites, tell us about Golly. Oh, yeah. Okay, Golly. The Golly uploading theme. Oh, is the uploading like, theme too, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> Golly was fun. Like, there's, there's a whole, like, there's like six tracks in the game that are all Uberbot activated, but like with different flavors. Yeah. Uh, there's like an 8-bit one. There's like the Golly one is like a happy version of it, which I... Um, it was very we inspired, like the We Shop channel, for sure. And stuff like that, this yeah. kind of like strange, like like general MIDI bossa nova, like <laughs> we vibes. But I was I was so happy with how um, the the Golly uploading theme came out because I am a huge jazz fan and I love like writing that kind of stuff and that's something that really rarely kind of comes across uh, my my desk so to speak yeah and also I don't really write in my own time it's just like not really something I do much but I've always loved it and had appreciation mm -hmm. for it mm -hmm. and I really wrote that as kind of like almost like a, a jazz standard. And I'm like, if I'm like sitting down at the piano and I could like start to play that, I'm like, yeah, like that's like a legit chord progression. And I'm really proud of it. Cause it's, that's mm -hmm. something that sometimes I'm a little bit like, well, I make all the sound stuff, but you know, can I, can I still write like something that legitimately sounds good as a, as like that kind of chord progression. And there's one guy that did, I'll have to find his name on YouTube to give him credit. Um, someone like almost immediately did a jazz guitar cover of the golly uploading theme which is really nice. good. <laughs> that's uh, great good god if i can't if i can't find it i'll give you the name later and you can put it in the notes or something mm -hmm. um, yeah no i'd love that yeah but yeah i i felt like that was uh i was i was very touched by that and i was like yes it got the treatment got the treatment it deserved awesome it's still on youtube maybe it got taken down oh, that oh no sad. let's see i mean not i i'm very hard trying to have nothing taken down for copyright strikes because I think you can post whatever you want. We could have a whole conversation about that being someone who does a music podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, including I'm cool with people uploading the whole soundtrack too. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't know, I'm probably not, I'm not really going to make that much money on YouTube, and I also <laughs> like listening to bootleg soundtracks on YouTube. So, mm -hmm. I should be yeah, yeah. Well, tell me more about jazz. I'm actually going to a jazz show tonight. It's a huge part of my life, and it's been a part of my career as well. So, I'd love to know more about like what you. Uh, you know, how'd you get into jazz? Who are you listening to these days? Like, what do you like about it? Yeah. I mean, I, my, my kind of, my dad is a huge, huge, uh, jazz head. Okay. And I think from my upbringing, listening to, uh, like we have, we always had a, a turntable in the house, okay. but like not in a, it was like before the hipster era of my, <laughs> my dad has been listening to records, like 
when they were the normal thing, then when they totally died, he was still listening to records. Wow. Then now he's listening to them, like, like after them becoming hipster, he's still listening to records. But to him, it's just like, yeah, it's how you listen to music. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we actually just got him Spotify. So we'll see. Hopefully that doesn't kill the record collection. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, there was always jazz in the house growing up. And okay. I would say, I, I didn't realize it then, but maybe like, cool jazz was probably the predominant thing. And then when okay. I was in high school, I was really into cool jazz mm-hmm. um, and also fusion. So like I was really okay. big into snarky puppy growing up and sort of sure. the offshoots of that, like uh, Bill Lawrence mm-hmm. um, and, and all sorts of yeah, different like fusion stuff and funk. And uh, yeah, I played jazz. I was in like some jazz band stuff in high school. I was in like a funk band in high yeah. school and I wrote some stuff for us and, I, th- I think jazz has always been like a big part of my listening experience. And then also on guitar and piano, that's kind of like my, the first like musical language mm-hmm. for me for, cause I never, I kind of rejected classical. I never liked classical. I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. classical and I love classical, but the sort of style and methods of, of teaching it and of appreciation uh, never gelled with me. Sure. Um, yeah, and I think that that's like how I learned, you know, guitar chords and and piano chords and stuff was by playing jazz standards, yeah. and you know, sloppily and badly. But even I think that's shared with a lot of people that become singer songwriters and people that come uh, composers, mm-hmm. is that they used to do jazz band or they used to do jazz and they miss like there, there's something even if you are not going to be a professional jazz musician at all or even play in front of people, there's something really satisfying about getting together playing jazz standards and just like it's this kind of like shared experience and it's very it's very fulfilling it's a very like wholesome mm-hmm. uh way to, to play music yeah uh, in terms of like actual people i would say bill evans was really big for me and uh more recently like kenny burrell a couple of years ago really got oh, into kenny yeah burrell. yeah for um sure. yeah 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 and then cool other, like it's always like whenever I'm like, oh, who do I listen to? Oh, 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 Domi and JD Beck. That's my shout out of modern. It's Domi and JD Beck. Yes, I I was supposed to go see them. They came here to Minneapolis in, on Halloween, and I couldn't because of a family emergency. But uh, but yeah, they've been on. I've been keeping a very keen eye on those two because they're so young, and um, I'm so fascinated by them. Like writing these miniatures, you know. I'm just really yeah. intrigued by how they approach composing you know they're just like no i'm only going to give you three minutes of this and then we're going to do something else and it's going to be really fast (laughs) yeah and they're also i think to me the biggest thing about domi and jd beck is that they're prodigies that write actually good music like which is such a rare combination you know it really is have the ability to do whatever you want and go as fast as you want and show off as much as you want like usually that burns out when they turn you know, 17 and it's no longer impressive because other 17 year olds or other 20 year olds or whatever can do what they do. And it's no longer like you can no longer kind of parade this person around Mm -hmm. because they're 11 and they can shred blues guitar. Uh, But like, I mean, JD Beck, it's like, I was just so blown away by that album because it's so musically um, it's adventurous, but it's also, it really shows this kind of maturity of like, yeah kind of restraint in this really beautiful way where it doesn't feel there, nothing feels like it's being done for the sake of showing chops. It's always yeah. like chops in the service of it being really good music. If it being really tasty, that's yeah, the exactly. word for it. It's all really tasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, well, just a couple more things about inscription uh, before I let you go, if that's okay. Um, I really loved the reprise of the main uh, the main theme, the Death Death Card Cabin, um, but you do it an octave lower. So I'd love to hear you talk about reprising the the theme and what what that was about. Yeah, this is one everyone is always like, yeah, that's such an emotional part, and it's like I kind of I don't think I really got to experience the inscription that other people did because I was you know, writing it during the thing and being like, okay, yeah. there's this, this, and this thing hasn't written yet, but like, you know, this is going to happen, spoiler, and this is going to be the other thing. Da, da, da. And um, Death Card Cabin Reprise was such a funny moment because I had written the original um, in uh, at my parents' house the summer after college. And like I said, I, I had like looked up this tuning that was like 
a tuning that was from this original, I don't think it's canon anymore. Like when the game was first being developed and was like, it's in set in Canada and da, 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 da. And like, okay. And I was looking up this, like this folk tunings from Canada and like doing all this <laughs> stuff and like just recorded it. And as soon as I record something, I totally forget how to play it. Like, like as a group <laughs> all the time, like I, I can never, if you hand me an instrument and ask me to play you something I've written, I can relearn it by ear, <laughs> but like I never have remembered anything once. So I was like in my apartment in Greece then, and it was the end of the dev cycle. And it was like, oh yeah, this theme needs to come back. And I was like, oh, that theme, uh, right. What, <laughs> what was that theme? Like, like, so I, so I had to go back and, and listen to the original track. And I was like trying to learn the melody, which is pretty simple, but I was like, what tuning is it in? And I just like, I think even I, w- I was going out, I was like, it was, I had to get it in before some time. And I was like, I had to go to meet someone and I was like in my room and there was like an ambulance passing or something. And I had to keep re-recording it. And I just kind of like, I did it a couple of times. And I remember specifically there being like dog barking in some of the takes and like the best take there was dog barking. In and I had uh-huh. to like, I think you might even be able to find something in one of the recordings that made Amazing. it. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think the octave down, I, I literally just like shifted it in an octave down, mm-hmm. uh, in, in post processing okay. uh, or something like that. Cause yeah. yeah, it's, it's in drop D on guitar. So you definitely can't go an octave. I'd, I'd have to yeah. look at it. But yeah. I, I think it is, I think it is shifted down, which also gives it cool. that weird kind of like, it sounds different than if you actually played it on a bass, which is an octave down from guitar. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause you have that strange, like. The, the the algorithm has to do something with that like high end steel sound of mm-hmm. the guitar string, um, which right. like yeah. you don't I guess you don't get the same sound like that on bass. I don't know exactly why, but just like bass versus guitar shift and octave down are two very very different uh, yeah. tones. I just always think of that because it's, I forget that it's a very touching, very like emotional, like slow moment in the game because I just think of like recording it and being like kind of all over the place and like, (laughs) Oh, I'm going to do this thing. I need this other thing. And like, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Jonah, is there anything else you want to say about um, the music for inscription? Uh, It's really long altogether. You know, you put everything back to back let's mm-hmm. just say for some you know other developments that have been a long time coming in terms of th- formats of the soundtrack wink wink um <laughs> i guess the, the the winking has already been been like done on twitter so i can wink harder in real interviews <laughs> wink wink for sound for soundtrack maybe wink available in you know, other formats forthcoming yeah uh, been going on for a really long time of different like <laughs> logistical stuff um but yeah it's like i had to like put them all back to back and uh i was like this is really long and it's kind of funny but it's also f- really feels satisfying to have like a huge like tome of yeah. music basically <laughs> like oh yeah there's this massive two hour mm-hmm. like epic that like i guess i did um sometimes i feel bad for making like people listen to the entirety of uh, <laughs> Autopia. I'm like, never, probably, never. It probably took me less than seven minutes to write the seven minute <laughs> section because I wrote a small section and slowed it down by five times. Does that mean like <laughs> people are like listening to this thing that took me like four minutes to write or anyway? Amazing. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> it's so great. I had so much fun listening to it and so much fun meeting you and talking with you today. So I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. I'm I'm very glad to be here. And as I was telling Emily before, I used to go to the um, PAX panels mm-hmm. called Maestros of Gaming when I was like a teenager mm-hmm. and ask questions of the composers. So this is very, very full circle and very, uh, yeah, very uh, feels feels triumphant. 
It and should like, be, yeah. Made to the top. This is the this is the peak of game composering. <laughs> interviews from Emily. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Jonah Sendel, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Also, join us on Discord and YouTube, all the things. Links are in the show notes. Check out the video of our chat with Jonah on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please subscribe to that YouTube channel. That always helps us out. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.